everybody. Welcome to another episode of Who Gave Us a Mic. I am Adam Harris along with Ken Miller. What's up, everybody? What's going on, pal? How are you this evening? Wonderful. Just uh, just another n- nice day in quarantine, I guess. How about I, you? Same thing. You know, I had some uh, delicious tacos, and now I'm sipping on a ice-cold Guinness, enjoying a uh, Sunday fun day. Guinness, huh? I'm about to crack uh, a uh, peak conditions. See, they're not that bad. They grow on you, don't they? Yeah, they're not terrible. I mean, no, they're, I'm, they're pretty good. Yeah, they're just overpriced. That's anything in this world. I mean, yeah, you could probably find something cheaper, but at the same time, you got to try things out. We definitely, I fucked up and I should have just bought a um, 12 pack of it opposed to a uh, 24 pack. But, you know, hey, live and learn. And it's not like alcohol will go bad in the fridge. Dude, I literally didn't know you gave me just 12 until today. And I'm like looking in the fridge and I'm like, how? Is there only like six left? <laughs> I was like, I, I didn't give you four. I didn't give you 12. just 12. No, I didn't. I give you a 24 pack. No, there are two six-packs. I looked in my garbage. Yeah, but there should be two more you probably have in your fridge or your garage somewhere. I gave you a 24-pack. Maybe it's in my garage somewhere then. It I, definitely uh, is. You probably only put two in your fridge at a time. There's probably another yeah, uh, 12-pack down there. Yeah, it's got to be floating around somewhere then. Yeah, because I got you a whole case. Trust me. If I only well, got you a 12-pack, then that this is the good news. It's even more overpriced than what we thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so what did you want to dive in today? A little recap from last week and then, uh, and then what else? Yeah. So we're going to, it's going to be another business one cause you know, it's a Sunday. I don't know when everybody's going to be listening to it, but obviously you're trying to get prepped for your week. So we're going to delve into some things, how you're going to sell all these things like that. So yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to have a little bit of a recap of what we talked about on the last business podcast, um, run through what we hit on, what you should really take from that whole thing. And then after that, we're going to jump into what we kind of say our technique for going through a sale and maybe some like key points that people can really like that'll stick with them that they can really remember when they're actually walking through the door to try to sell some, something or someone. Yeah. So we'll do a recap kind of on our sales skills and then go into um, uh, more or less a, a sales process in uh, kind of easy steps that I know we touched on last time that a lot of people that um, I see or talk to are scared to ask for the sale. So if you do these easy steps by the end of it, if you do them all in order and uh, do them correctly by the end of it, asking for that sale should be – you should feel pretty com- comfortable and confident to uh, to hit that last step. So with that being said, on the recap, you and I hit on some pretty, I would say, heavy topics. I mean there's probably some things that we hit on that people have never even heard about, maybe implemented, but never knew the proper nomenclature for it. So why don't we talk about those right now and give them a little recap of these, say, skills that everybody in sales and even just in business in general should really try to grow themselves. Yeah, so we came up with an easy acronym to, to remember, which is GATE. And the reason we did this is because some of the names are a little wonky, a little goofy here. And we just figured it'd be a lot easier to <clears throat> to break it down in easy to understand terms and words and in names. So based off the skills we touched upon last time uh, in our new acronym GATE, if you look at the first one being Jahari's window, we got the G from giving a piece of yourself. Uh, so that, again, 
we're not going to dive too deep into these because we want to break them down uh, basically one skill per episode. But that's the thought. If you give a little piece of your private self, uh, you're going to get people to really open up and tell you a lot about their private self. So the llama, that brings us to our A, active listening. Power questions brings us to our T, thought-provoking. Exact words, and that's derived from brevity, which gives us gate. Uh, do you have anything you want to touch on before we before we kind of get into our sales process on on those um, four? No, I just thought you and I were both sitting there going, these are things we implement all the time. And you know how chaotic the world is. And sometimes it's hard to remember some things like Johari's window and brevity and llama and all that. So if we thought something that it was an acronym that was short that kind of hit on the key points of each one of those topics, it'd be a lot easier for people to remember and they can carry with them you know, day in and day out. So obviously we'll expound upon those in later episodes, each individual one like Johari's window, llama, power questions, and brevity. But we just thought we'd leave you guys with that as a recap of the last episode of some of the key points and maybe you can keep – you know, that acronym GATE with you going forward. And Ken, why do we name it GATE? Well, the big thing, I I'll, before we get to that, the, the big thing I want to touch on is you're going to hear us a lot in this episode talk about mindset, and these are our skills. So to, to make it easy, uh, we probably won't name it Johari's Window as much as we're going to say give a piece of yourself and get to gain more or Llama, which is going to be active listening. We're talking about, a lot about active listening. Uh, so remember GATE. Because mindset plus skills equals results. And what did you want to say? Gate, and I was going to say, and there's always that gatekeeper whenever you're trying to make that sale, and you got to get past that. So if you have those yeah. skills, you know that's the key. We to all get hate that gate. Right? Exactly. So with that being said, we actually came up with another one that uh, kind of acronym to kind of go through the whole skill process or a, like a sale process when you're walking into a sale over the phone or what it is. And we came up with the acronym EARS. And we came up with that because it fit with some of the things that we try to uh, hit on along with the fact that listening is such a huge part of selling. And what better thing about listening than you can't do it without your ears. So with that, we are going to hit on probably what can the E and the A of this acronym today. And those are. Um, so explore and ask a question. But to kind of give you the whole overview, yeah, like like Adam touched on, I really love the, the name ears because I'm. I'm huge in power questions, uh, you know, thought-provoking questions, and I'm huge into llama, which is active listening. I think you should be doing about 10% of the talking during your meetings and letting the customer do about 90%, and you'll find that uh, they'll, they'll give you all the answers you need. But, to, to you know, we'll touch on that later, but to dive into ears. So if you look at the, uh, the, the whole name, uh, so we have explore, ask questions, recognize, and sell. And the reason I like to name it sale is because, as I said earlier in the episode, if you've done all these steps, the selling is done. It's time to ask for that sale. And you should yeah, feel you pretty the first confident th- by then. Yeah, if you do the first three, you've laid the groundwork going forward that this asking for the sale is just, you know what I mean, dotting the T's and crossing the I's. It's already or dotting the I's and crossing the T's. It's already put in place. You've done all the hard work, and now it's just putting pen to paper. Exactly. But um, – to kind of dive into uh, the first one, we'll see if we make it to the second one. But to dive into the first one, which is explore, um, well, I want to tackle it first from an existing customer. And then I will, I'll kind of lead it and then ask from your side as a buyer once, once I get 
through my part, I'll ask you what you think and how, um, you know, working with salespeople that have done it differently has affected your decision as buying. How does that sound? Yeah, definitely. And I'll also play a little bit of devil's advocate and you can bring up some things and I'll also you know, point out things like, what about this? What happens if the person is dealing with this? And just see all sides of the scenario so people get the whole view of what's going on and not just from, let's say, one instance of when it's worked for you. You can have a very well-rounded opinion or talk on this whole thing on uh, these items. Yeah, that's cool, man. Um, I Actually, think that makes sense. Point. It'll give different points of view. But yeah, the first one, um, explore. So I guess I'll come from a cold call aspect first. Um, so I'll do, you know, I'll do a situation from my industry selling the retail consumer product stores to like your industry, which uh, you're working in an office because the cold calls gonna be much different than uh, walking in a store compared to walking in an office, right? Oh, entirely differently. I mean, a store, they're expecting almost people to come through there and yeah, sell them stuff. When if it's a, for, we'll dive a lot deeper into this stuff later. So right now we'll talk about kind of your independent mom and pop stores. And uh, in a later episode, we'll touch how you do with a bigger chain and how you get those meetings. Because obviously it's going to be easier to walk into a small business and typically catch the owner because they wear so many hats compared to uh, a store that has, you know, 50 to 200 locations you're gonna have to build your way up through those meetings uh but for the sake of time today we'll we'll focus all this will kind of be on your um your smaller businesses that have like a few locations if that makes sense yeah totally because there's different people you're selling to and like we even hit on this there's going to be different instances and different companies you're going to come across that you have to try your selling techniques differently on each one of them because not everyone's going to be the same so yeah i think it's a good way to start out is very the good thing is we're going to do a lot of episodes, so we'll, we'll eventually touch we'll on everything. We'll have a lot of stuff to talk about. All right, so you're, let's say you're cold calling. You find somebody that wants to buy this stuff. It's a little – your product. It's a small mom-and-pop shop. What are you doing? So the first thing I'm going to do before I go in, uh, especially if it's like a cold call, I'll try to see if they have any web presence, um, which you'd be you know shocked how many don't at this point. But if you can find something through the web – uh, especially like social media that'll tell you a lot about the products they carry what's the inside of the store look like um kind of are they um a value store where they're selling at a discount or are they um you know like a pretty high-end store that doesn't discount anything it'll tell you a lot well that's a great thing to say is that yeah i would say a lot of smaller companies don't have a website but they do have a social media account yeah i would say that most of them have like some kind of facebook account that because it's easier it costs no money to really start that up and it's easier to get at least a presence out there so if you can't find their website you might be able to dig into facebook a little bit and see what comes across and what they're posting and stuff like that yeah and that, i mean that'll that'll really tell you a lot especially social media and the facebook post um and like we talked about last time if they don't have a web presence and we're you know we are talking about a, a retail store right now you can walk in and um, you can learn so much by talking to some of the associates on the floor, looking around at uh, pictures, looking around how they merchandise. Again, you can check pricing. Are they based off value? Are they based off premium products? Uh, what's the flow of their store? And you can really figure out kind of what's the what's the game here. Typically, the more premium brands the store uh, carries, the more the better the merchandise is going to be. Typically, not always, but but you know, typically. 
and it'll be you know very nicely lit. Everything will look super super clean. Um, so it'll tell you a lot. So you, that, that's kind of how you can do it on a, on a uh, on a cold call and get a little bit of background. Yeah, and it's also you know, be super observant whenever you're walking in there. Don't be just put your blinders on and be like, look, I'm here for a sale. I need to find excuse me the owner. And then just walk her in. No, you want to walk in there around. Try to just like slowly work around the store. Find things that you see that might be beneficial to going around, like to selling your product. Like you said, if they're carrying a lot of high-end items, you can walk around the store and find that out just so you know who you're selling to. So be very observant when you're exploring everything and looking out and walking around the store. And talking to the uh, associates, it seems so easy and in stupid but you'd be shocked how many salespeople just walk up hey what can i help you um here to speak to your manager or owner when if you just talk to those associates for a little bit you can get real gold at them because they're used to salespeople being dicks and just kind of blowing them off and walking right past them oh yeah and just asking them a simple question like hey how are you and just treating them with overall kindness i mean what's the old saying you get way more uh flies with honey than you do with vinegar just yeah, exactly. being kind and everything like that, they open up because at the same time, and people, some people don't realize this, at least up at, in upper management, it's that the lower level people are the people that really represent you. Those are the people that are at the forefront and who are the face of your company a lot of times. And if they're displeased, they're upset and all these things like that, they're not going to be a good brand for you. So, you know, I mean, just finding those people, those are the people that can be a really good advocate for who you are as a company. So, when, you, like you said, you go in there as a salesperson and you go in there and you just approach a conversation with them. It can lead to a lot of results. Yeah, which is – that brings to a great point. When you're um, talking to a uh, an associate, you made a, you brought up a great point. I call them ambassadors. When you get one of those associates to, to really like you, it pays huge dividends, especially if they're like – if they work in the department your product is in, if they really like you and you're hooking them up with swag and whatnot when you're in the store and always talking to them, they're going to sell the product. They are the salesperson when you're gone, right? So they're going to uh, really work because they like excuse me, because they like you and your friends. Yeah, and also how nine times out of ten, they're probably the one answering the phone if you're calling that person. Let's say the oh, exactly. owning store. You don't have their cell phone number. You're calling the store at whatever hardware store. You're going, hey, can I talk to John Smith? If they're like, oh, hey, it's Kenny, obviously they're going to try to check, track that guy down, help you out, and get it is get you to the owner as quickly as possible. But if you're a real dickhead to him that first time, they're like, nah, he's not here. I'm not dealing with your shit. And then also you never know what yeah, he's saying. Yeah, they're not helping you that, out at all. That associate might be saying to the owner behind closed door, like, oh, fuck that guy. He was an asshole and he came in there whenever he came in. And a good owner or manager would realize that a salesman treating their associates like shit, he might not want their product in his store because – I don't want somebody that's going to, you know what I mean, has that kind of personality. Exactly. Um, yeah, so it's a good point. Even mm-hmm. when you're trying, you're using this explore phase, just walking through the door and that first person you meet that works in the store, don't overlook that and think it's just some associate that's just, you're trying to pass by and get through so you can get to the um, owner. This could be huge for you, so don't like, you know I mean, think that it's inconsequential being nice to that individual. And don't overlook pictures and whatnot. I can't tell you how many times when I talked to an associate and they went and got the manager for me, um, I would just kind of play stupid. And when they would say, hey, what, you know, what are you here for? And say, hey, I'm Ken with so-and-so. 
uh, brand new to the area. I, I saw your store from the road as I was driving. It looked awesome. I had to stop, stop in to check it out. And I saw that picture over there. It's, it's in black and white. Like, what year was that from? They're so ready for you to sell something. When you ask them a question like that, they're like, what? And they're like, yeah, that, that picture over there in the corner, it's black and white. Is this the same store? Uh, yeah, yeah. My parents bought it in – my great-great-grandpa's parents bought it in 1917. And it's like, oh, have you been – it's been in the family the whole time? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. You don't hear that too much. And then they start, inter- like, opening up because they don't realize you're selling to them. And that little so we'll get more into tiny that, detail, know, to, you know, yeah, but that tiny detail and the ex, you know exploring and picking up those tiny details is what opens up that entire conversation. Yeah, there's so many, and if it's a family-owned store, that's like their trophy case of everything they've ever done. Exactly. Business-wise, so they're going to put all of their accolades, all of their awards, whatever it is displayed right at the front forefront where you can probably see it very easily, whether they're accredited, let's say, by the Better Business Bureau or they've won some awards for hospitality. You don't know. Just stuff like that, though. You're going to see it on the walls, and that's a big – that's going to play a big part in your, you selling to them because then it just gets – you get to know a little bit more about them. Exactly, and trophy cakes is a great way to explain it because if they weren't proud of it, I doubt they put it out. Um, but without beating it – dead horse too much so um so we kind of covered what you do if it was a cold call so let's go into like for the consumer product side um if it's not a cold call and it's an actual dealer what's the explore look like so it's you know it's totally different right if um if you already have a dealer so what i like to do is uh, before the meeting I, i try to get them to send me their inventory and sell through and by doing that, I can look through all that information. And I always send an agenda before my meeting so we can uh, – they know I'm not there just to chit-chat. And I'm there to actually help their business, of course. You know, um, you want some small talk in the beginning. You do want to have a friendly relationship. But at the end of the day, you want to be a trusted advisor and bring um, bring some – what's the word? Some value to the partnership, right? So in the yeah, and I think phase, also when you yeah. put an agenda out, it makes it seem like you're actually being thoughtful about walking into their office. You mm-hmm. value this meeting. You value this time that they've value set aside the for you, and you're not going to just haphazardly put something together and you're just walking in going, hey, i got 20 minutes of your time. All right, let me figure out exactly what I need with all this. You know that they ha- they're a dealer. They might be wearing, hey, it's a smaller company, a lot of hats, and they don't have a lot of time to give you. So they've tried to put away 20 minutes for you. So take the most out of it, and yeah, you understand that maybe you only have 20 time, twenty minutes with them in person, but you spend an hour or two beforehand getting everything set up so you can make the most of this time. Yeah, and, it, and to piggyback off that, when you're getting the inventory and the sell-through, like you're taking your time to know their business better than they do because they, they don't just carry your company, your brand. They carry you know a ton, a ton of products and SKUs like – even if you're their top brand, they're not going to know down to the skew what's selling for them. So when you go in with all that information, like, hey, I see you sold through this. You only have, uh, you know, three weeks left on hand worth of inventory. Why don't we put the order in now? I'll plug it to ship two weeks. So that way you only have a week left when the new two, when two weeks worth of product arrives. Uh, and when you know they're, how quickly they're going to turn product, when you know what they need to order and why, and you've taken all of that kind of headache 
and responsibility out of their hands and they can free them up to do other um other things i mean that that right there is adding values saving them time yeah you're being an and asset for trust yeah because how many you've walked into a hardware store right just a regular one how many products do you think they have in there I mean, it's just everywhere, and it's so random, oh, and it's guess, yeah. and it's it's got to be so hard for them. I mean, you have this th- figure; they almost have as much variety as like a big box store. They just don't have as many brands. I mean, they all have every, they have screwdrivers. They just don't have eight different brands of screwdrivers. So it's hard for them to go and look at all their data and really really analyze it. So you're going in there and you're almost interpreting this information for them. So that they don't have to. And maybe they, you can also look at it where maybe they're thinking your product isn't selling that well. But then you can really analyze the data and go, actually, I think it is selling well. I just think we need to change some things around so you can get the most bang out of your buck for it. Yeah, I think it's a, uh, I think it's a huge value when you know what's selling and why and what they should be ordering. Maybe what they should no longer be ordering, what they should discontinue and and why and why they should give your your product or your brand more square feet when you know their business inside and out. It's not really an argument. You know, if you know down to the square, that they're giving you uh, like 24 linear feet and you know, they do, I don't know, 200 K a year just for like makeup numbers. When you know down per foot, what they're making with your brand, it makes it really easy to get more feet when they can't tell you what any other brand in the store sells based off of how many feet they have. Yeah, and if a guy goes, well, I have an X amount of size store, and wait, you're telling me that I can sell this amount per square foot? Oh, shit, I'll obviously put more of your product in my store because I have miracle Grow in this one corner that takes up a lot of space, but it only makes me, you know what I mean, a quarter of that on that square foot. So, shit, yeah, of course I'll expand my product, your product in my store. Exactly, and especially if you're selling to... Um, like apparel stores, hard, anything that has seasonal business, uh, where kind of gives and takes and say you're not a seasonal company and you need to keep your brand, um, in the same spot, 365, that makes it a lot easier to not get put to the back of the store when something like winter jacket comes in or like mulch comes in, you know, you know how much you sell 365 days a year in that space makes it a lot easier to stay in that space. Yeah, so you do all that front-end legwork. But then when you walk actually into the store, you're going to almost do the same thing you did as if it's a cold call because you want to walk through and see how they have your product displayed, make sure it's still correct, and then look around in their store and be like, well, maybe you could rearrange some of this because you're looking at – you want to know their foot traffic patterns. Like, well, hey, maybe if we determine that if we put this here, this would be in front of the customers more often, and maybe we could sell more product that way. Exactly. That's, and that's a great point because how it's merchandised is going to be how it sells through for the majority of uh, brands and products out there. And so you want to check that every single time. And if for some reason they don't want to send you the inventory or they can't send you the inventory because they don't have a sophisticated enough system, which that happens, um, you want to get there before the meeting, take physical inventory what's on the floor, ask if you can see the back room, take inventory back there, write up an order. This goes for both times. You write up, if they give you the sell through and the inventory beforehand, if you don't write an order up before you go in there, you you need slap. You need some sense slapped <laughs> in you. Like they're giving you the keys to the castle. Just write up the order before you go and have it ready. But same goes before um, 
before the meeting, if they can't send you the inventory, just get there a little early, take physical inventory, and then write up an order before your meeting. Uh, it's a lot easier to sell something if you already have the written order up. If you're trying to write the order together, they're always going to take less than what they can actually sell through. Always. Yeah, I mean, what a power move that would be if you just – when you walk in there with an order and you go, look, I've analyzed all this data. And if you're intelligent enough about it and you provided a good case where all this product, look how much more, look how much money you're making. This is what I think you need. And you've done all your research. It's a lot easier to push that order across their desk and going, this is why you should sign this if you've done all these other – you know what I mean? The legwork for it. Yeah, and – um. I don't want to stick on this too long, so we'll keep going with that. But to kind of hit explore from a different industry, if somebody's, you know, cool calling you, have, has there any, been any cool calls you were like, wow, I'm actually impressed based off of the research the guy did coming to the meeting? Um, I've, I've done I mean, it. it could easily be a no. I've actually had one. And what the guy did was he actually went to one of our job sites because obviously the guys on our job sites don't actually buy the equipment or material we rent. Um, so he went to actually one of our job sites and sat down for like 20 minutes with one of our forum and asked a bunch of questions about, you know, hey, I've seen your company on a lot of different job sites. You guys obviously are pretty substantial. Like, give me some background information about these things. What do you do? What are your projects and all these things? And he knew it was going to be hard to get actually into my office and get all this information out of me. So he went to actually one of our foremen and did this in the field who he knew he'd have a lot better chance of actually having a conversation with, got all this information and called me. He was like, hey, Adam, so I've gone – I met with, let's say, Joe out in the field, had a conversation with him, and he told me about X, Y, and Z and some of the projects you do and all these things like that. He says you guys have been around for the past 60 years. Let me just this- pause right there for one second because it's a great point I don't want to bypass. Um, and I'm not saying you're going to do this for – every you know deal that's not going to bring in because you know at the end of the day you have a quota it is kind of about money so you're not going to want to spend all this time on exploring every single cold call right um you know you can kind of tailor it to get to where we're talking about if it's like a medium to big account and that makes mm-hmm. sense to you adam right you're not gonna do that with every single cold call you'll be there forever there's hundreds of thousands of people you can cold call no, but that guy obviously but, no, had but seen what us I on. do want to touch on is um, when I talked we talked about earlier about an ambassador. That guy knew he could get to your um uh what did you say he was? Project manager. Uh, so yeah, foreman. Yeah, foreman. Um you know, whatever whatever. Project manager, foreman, whatever. <laughs> That's not the point. So he got to your foreman and you know, he dug out information from them, got all the information needed to to kind of win your respect or um or whatever and then on top of that if the foreman ended up liking him are you much more willing to take a meeting with the guy your your foreman was like gave you the head nod to no yeah i mean if it's a guy that works for me that i have a good rapport with and he goes out oh, this guy isn't a bad guy and especially you know construction workers they're kind of sold to the earth guys and they're no no bullshit you know no nonsense kind of guys so if he wasn't your typical salesman that came across as let's say you know just looking out to try to get the sell uh, then yeah i'll be like all right well i'll take five minutes out of my time to at least answer the phone call and see what the guy's trying to sell so it's two very important points one to do doing some research to the guy or gal is um working to build an ambassador for himself too to you know get a meeting a little bit easier but 
Uh, I just want to touch on that. Go on. No, no, no. It's a great point. But that guy calling me up and having that background information and doing a little bit of research showed me that he was actually invested in it. He wasn't just going through the you know yellow pages going, hey, I'm going to call you up and see if I can sell you something. Because I've had I don't hundreds of people that have called me up and be like, hey, I want you to buy for me. I'm like, for what? Well, I, I saw mm-hmm. you guys do this. You told me a I couple sell- of these horror stories. Yeah, right. Because I, you're just my go-to when I get people that just make idiotic sales calls. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? But the guy calls me up and be like, hey, I sell the stuff that you use. You should give me a job. Like, why? I don't know you. You're not. I don't know if you should be an integral part of my business. Like, you've done no research. You just called me out of the blue. Like, no. But that's what it says, like, in this explore phase that you and I are talking about. Um, do your research, and it's a lot easier to get a meeting and talk to these people who are actually the ones making decisions for these things. So, and then a big thing I would say is for associates is I know, like, we have a fair amount of girls in our office who are like, you know, I mean, accounts payable, accounts receivable, payroll, um, office manager. And they also help with a little bit of the determination of who we use on some projects just due to the fact that, like, yeah, that guy calls up all the time and he's such an asshole to me. He treats me like <laughs> such shit and all this stuff like that. The gatekeepers? Yeah, basically. And I'm like, okay, well, if he's a pain in your ass, to you guys, then we won't use them. Okay, that's fine. It's not a big deal to me. I'd much because re- if they're tre- if people are treating the people that are, let's say, underneath me, like shit, then obviously I don't have any respect for the company oh, or anything 100%. like that. They're they, just trying they, to make they this just up. Your cash. Yeah, so it's like, okay, well then fine. If you're paying the ass to the people that have to do a lot of the paperwork, then fine. Screw it. We'll go find somebody else. It's not a big deal. It's no sweat off my back. I will say though, big advice or big thing of advice to anybody who gets a meeting into the office, bring donuts or some kind of sweets because that it goes far. It might be $12 thing of donuts, but just something like that. It's at least memorable. And people are like, oh yeah, he brought stuff in there. And then to like, let's say the girls in the office love donuts. Then it's a lot easier for you to get back in there. Cause you're like, oh yeah, he can come in here whenever he wants because he brings treats. So it might seem inconsequential, but. Just take care of the people you're trying to sell to. Yeah, and when you like bring donuts or whatever, you know, something that easy, something that simple. Again, you're building ambassadors, whether it's a foreman or an admin or an account, you know, whatever. The more ambassadors you can get in a place, the better off you're going to be. And I'm not saying again, you're not going to do this for every single account or every single cold call, but. Uh, the ones that really matter, it goes a long way. Uh, one last question, then we'll kind of wrap this up. Um, what in your industry do your um, really good salesmen or woman do they do where when it comes to um, kind of preparing up for meetings? So like I said, I asked for inventory, sell through, that type of thing in the consumer world. Uh, what have you been impressed with or, or what have you not liked off of your salespeople coming to meetings that have worked with you, you know, two, three, four years. I definitely like the lack of preparation and I hate people that I guess you could say like rest on their laurels, if that makes sense. Like, oh, hey, I've known you for three or four years. We've developed a relationship. So I don't have to work as hard for this. <laughs> yes. You're just, you know, right. and, and then that's just miserable. Like I'm, yeah, we have a rapport. I'm going to try to push product or whatever it is your way because we have a good relationship. But you're also supposed to be a trusted advisor and an asset for me. And if you're no longer that, at the end of the day, we're here to make money. And if you're making my job harder, regardless of the relationship, then I'm going to have to pivot and try to go somewhere else. So that's one thing is that, you know, 
never get off the throttle. Like what you did to get that initial sale, always keep doing. I mean, even if you've known somebody for 10 years, because, you know, that's if you don't have all the knowledge whenever you walk into a meeting and you're just half assing stuff, it's going to irritate the people that are still making the decisions. Mm-hmm. So that's well, that's definitely something that irritates me is the people that, you know, have gotten off the throttle and they're like, well, hey, I know you. I don't have to but work that hard. We all so. know people that we all know people that say how great their relationships are, but the relationships never materialize into a sale. And that's one reason right there why that happens. Yeah, um, but they, I was going to say, just to, unless you got something to add, I was going to say, just to get this wrapped up, do you got anything to add? No, that was it. So that was what the E of the ears acronym, which was explore. Yeah. So I think next episode we can ask questions, a big one. So that might take the whole half hour, but yeah. um, recognize and sell should be pretty easy to get through in about 30 minutes. So uh, we'll, we'll try to get asked questions and recognize done. And, um, you know, I think, you know, maybe next week, um, or next episode, we, we, mash up ask questions and uh power question thought provoking yeah definitely think, so get our, i'll get our t and gate because that you know you should at this point when you're trying to build rapport you should be asking thought provoking questions so why don't we throw our t and gate in there and maybe next episode we'll do ask questions thought provoking ones though yeah because you know god knows we love brevity or no power <laughs> questions yeah you know i'm kind of obsessed with them so uh maybe we'll hit on that next week um other than that that's all i got appreciate everybody listening harris yeah, anything? Thanks yeah thanks everybody for listening to another episode of who gave us a mic i'm adam harris he is ken miller and we're out have a great day guys yeah.